0: Welcome back to Real Window rewatching random movies from our childhood. I am Pauline, and I am Lisa, and we're two sisters who uh, sit in their closets and discuss <laughs> films uh, that we watched over the weekend. And yes. um, that, the closet is for acoustics. For those who don't know, uh, closets have the, the best acoustics. It's, it's the poor man's acoustic. And... Yeah, it's like our <laughs> the poor man's sound room, if you will. Yes. Um, and that's us we're the poor men mm-hmm. so um this week <laughs> I got to pick a movie I yes. picked the 1982 animated classic if I do say so myself mm-hmm. Secret of Nim, uh Don Bluth um first film away from mm-hmm. Disney that he did so this is very this is exciting I feel like it's iconic I feel like you either know it or you don't know it mm-hmm. kind of a sitch totally um Lisa mm-hmm. why don't you tell us what secret of nim is about so the secret
1: of nim follows mrs brisby a young field mouse who lives on a farm with her family in this lovely little cinder block house and her son timmy catches pneumonia and unfortunately it's right at the time when the plow is going to come through and plow the fields and they need to vacate their home her and her kids however timmy can't be moved without the risk of him dying and she needs to find a way to protect him and to keep him safe while also keeping the rest of her family safe and preventing them from being killed by the plow machine. Uh, So in her attempts at figuring this out, she goes to visit the great owl, this incredibly wise but also dangerous, she is a mouse, being who informs her that she needs to go see the rats of Nim. They live in the rose bush on the the farmland. So she decides to do that and gets involved with their task and their um, basically desire for freedom and anonymity from the farmer because they are not normal rats they have been experimented on they are highly intelligent and they can no longer live like normal rats and have to find their own solution however there is a mystery also underlying her late husband who has recently passed away jonathan who had a secret life where he actually knew the rats of nim and she needs to uncover the mystery of why just saying his name seems to open doors for her where normally it wouldn't. Um, this film is about a single mother protecting her family while trying to figure out which animals she can trust and thwarting the farmer from, you know, plowing early before she can find a solution. Uh That's pretty much it, guys. I mean, she also befriends a lovely crow named Jeremy, who is utterly klutzy. Oh my gosh, (laughs) he's amazing. Nothing but trouble, um, and just has a heart of gold, even if he's not the brightest bird on the farm.
0: Or helpful in
1: (laughs) any way. But anyway, but he's there for comic relief because this film, uh, while it's a short animated film, is pretty much the height of 80s dark animation. So there are some intense scenes in this film. And Jeremy's character, voiced by Dom DeLuise, is there to sort of add that humor, that levity that children need in animation so that they, you know, can make it through those dark scenes okay. Uh, This I well, gotta that, be honest, guys, this is a great film. That worked
0: <laughs> That worked for child Pauline, because I seem to only retain the information presented on screen when Jeremy was present. Oh my god, I'm so excited so, so, to
1: hear your thoughts on this film, because I, of course, remember everything this was one of my favorites with my memory it all stuck i was so curious i can't wait to dive in and find out what you oh, remember it's a kid. something, it's, uh, something. it's gonna be great um so we are of course if you guys have gotten this far if you haven't listened to an episode before we are probably going to spoil this movie so mm, if you yes. want to watch it we'd like we definitely will guys so if you want to watch it without the spoilers Stop listening now. Go watch the animated film, and then come back and listen for our take on it. However, if you've already seen it, or if it doesn't matter to you, and you just want to hear our take, anyways, keep going. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, as As we do for too. every. All the power. You're your own choice. person. Great exactly, job. Exactly. Exactly. You make your own choices. My body, uh, my so, choice. Um, For so many things. Irrelevant. Uh, I don't think that's where that term originates from, but we'll use it. Um, All right. I love it, Pauline. Let's introduce that to the podcast. Yeah. All right. So, as with every episode, we sort of follow when we're re-watching movies, we pay attention to certain elements because that's what we're going to end up talking about. And the first, of course, is takeaways as a child versus now that you've seen it as an adult. So, mm. Pauline, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what was your impression mm-hmm. as a kid when you watched this? And what is your impression now as an adult? What do you realize you've misunderstood? What stands out? And what favorite scenes pop out as well, too? Start this ball rolling. Come on, Pauline, lay it on me. Okay, well...
0: I think it's safe to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't, but, I can't I you can't say sure without me laughing. I yeah. know, but it's safe to say that this one didn't like extend into my memory. Um <laughs> as I aged, it got just further and further pushed back. And oh, like man. I had said um, in the trivia episode, I was kind of aware that was going to happen. I kind of let everyone know that that was probably the case. And mm. you made the point that you're like, you'll probably as you watch it have, like, it'll, it'll, it's almost like, this sounds, this sounds ridiculous, but it's almost like I could, I was like, oh, oh, the moment before this happens, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then it would yeah. happen. But like, I couldn't tell you what was going to happen five minutes from now. <laughs> no, it was very needed much 30 like 30-second build-up. Yeah. Up. You're like, like, oh, in 30 right, seconds. Right. <laughs> here comes the owl. Oh, right. The spider. He's going to step on the spider. Yes. Oh, there's oh, that moth. God. Oh, he's yes. going to eat that moth. There he's he is. He's going to eat the moth. Yeah, there's that so moth. It, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, she sees all those bones. Like, it was... So it was that, it was mm-hmm. very that, the whole movie. So I kind of, to be honest, I almost felt a little psychic. Like I just felt like I was like predicting.
1: Pauline um, has
0: ESP. There we go, everyone. Learned.
1: This is what we've learned. When it it's, comes
0: to films,
1: Pauline has ESP. Yes. Oh my God. Films
0: that Pauline watched numerous times as a child. <laughs> and your, then re-watches your subconscious
1: has to unearth now
0: and be like, yeah. oh, we have seen this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Like I couldn't, I knew they had to move the house. Yep. And I, but I forgot like I knew she had to move. I knew she had to, she had to save Timmy and they had to get away from the plow. And then I was like, Oh, right. They have to, it's a big block that they lift. And then like, yeah, the rats, they're talking about it. And it, it's only as they're discussing it that I was like, right, 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 right. Mm. So, so for yeah. anyone, So Lisa mentioned their house. Her house is a cinder block, and so what the rats do to help her move is they just need to move her house to the lee of the stone, which is basically the opposite side of this rock that it's situated on, so that basically the farmer doesn't plow there. It's just not where his plow yeah, is going to be. There's just no way he physically can without there's, removing a giant ass rock, and that's yeah, not happening. So he's not so going to do it. They're that. safe. Yeah. So they're safe. So. In order to do that, the rats, who are now intelligent, and they've, because of all the experiments they were injected with uh, in NIM, they're. They build this pulley system with these ropes that then lift the center block up and start to transport it over, and that's basically this big climactic moment mm-hmm. in the movie because it's taken very long for her to figure out, like like Lisa said, who she can trust and you know who the rats are because they they talk kind of poorly about the rats earlier in the film. Like, yeah, there's Auntie a neighbor. Shrew, yeah, yes. Auntie
1: Auntie Shrew, who I love oh, so much. She's um great. she's basically this busybody who's in charge of the like herself in charge of the farm of like everyone's well-being and welfare and so she does have good intentions but she's the type who basically is a busybody who gets into everyone's business and tells them what they should be doing Um, and she fully believes the rats are bad news and are terrible and everyone should just stay clear of them and so mrs mrs brisby has no no desire to have anything to do with the rats until this crisis comes up. So she doesn't know anything about them either. Their reputation no. is simply their rats. And you would assume that as, an, as like a human, you're like, oh yeah, rats are supposed to be bad. They have that reputation. So yeah. of course she'd avoid them.
0: Um, and like, because yeah. there's just mm-hmm. uncertainty. Like, why would you go hang out with rats when you're a mouse? Mm-hmm. It's like your jam. But the owl tells her and now she's like, okay, I guess I have to go talk to these rats. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so the rats are highly intelligent. They've devised this pulley system. And I guess it... it All came to a head like I knew there was a sword fight, but I I couldn't (laughs) recall the circumstances surrounding For why it. there would be a sword fight.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's all
0: very vague. But yes,
1: there are there are rats who have swords. They are like their own little guard systems. There's like systems. Knights. Oh my there's gosh. Like, it's great. It's yes. their own
0: kingdom is basically what they've created. Their own little kingdom and
1: hierarchy with, because they're so smart, right? So they basically live as like medieval humans, but as rats in a yes. rose bush. And it's great. Yes, oh, and like underground.
0: No. Underground. Like they like dug under deep. are underwater.
1: Oh. oh, there's like canals and shit. They've it's great. In, They've got, like, their own lantern elevator system, which as a kid I was, like, coolest
0: thing ever. This is amazing. Uh, (laughs) Where they, like, build a chamber where the water can then, like, disperse before they open the door. It's amazing.
1: And they have this moral conundrum in the film, some rats versus others, right? Their leader of the rats, his name is Nicodemus. He's very old. He's very wise. He's sort of the one who's in charge. But because he's old and getting frail, another um, rat named Jenner is trying to do, like, a power move. And... What the the con, the conundrum is that some rats have realized because they're now smart they now have morals and they realize they're stealing electricity from the farmer and that's wrong they're stealing they shouldn't be doing that but other rats are like eh that's what we do we're rats we're a higher power we should be using electricity all we want um, and that's and the the worry is if they're using too much electricity the farmer you know is eventually going to notice and that'll notice is something they don't want, because then NIM, the organization that experimented on them, could find out about them, or even just humans in general, and then who knows what could happen to them. So it's that sort of self-preservation versus living the high life on the farm with the the electricity. And as a kid, I was very much like, I kind of know what they're talking about. Oh my god, nothing. No way.
0: Like, good for you. That's amazing. I did not, I didn't Mm. comprehend the moral dilemma of stealing electricity like that. No, that didn't get in. As they were saying it, I was like, boy, they're really emphasizing the stealing thing. Like as an adult, like watching this movie, I was like, stealing is evil. Okay, they don't want to steal shit. But there's no way. Like that, that was not in my, the recessions of Pauline's brain. Like, no way. But you got that? Like, you
1: comprehended that? Well, because they said stealing so much. As a kid, I'm like, oh, okay. They don't want to steal. They're good rats. That makes sense. Jenner's bad for, you know, not listening to Nicodemus, who's in charge. I didn't fully get, like, the philosophical moral implications. I just got their knowledge that... And as a kid, you know, black and white, stealing bad. Okay, fine. So I was on board with the rats for that. I didn't didn't get, like, the nuances of it. But I totally got that, yeah, they don't want to steal electricity anymore. Also... They don't want to get caught, so they should leave, right? That's that's Nim. Apparently, is bad, and I didn't like Nim because when they show you flashes of Nim, they show um, Nicodemus explains how they became intelligent. There's a scene where he explains to Mrs. Grisby exactly how intelligent they are, and it's because Nim, the National, what does it stand for? National or um, Institute, Institute Institute Mental Health? Mental, Mental Health. Health, of Mental Health basically experimented on animals for like most likely drugs and other things that they were developing. And you see that happen in the film. You, as he's explaining it, you see these rats, being injected you see mice being injected with all sorts of you things you see
0: puppies puppies existing and, like,
1: a and chick rabbits with her with her babies and, and as i was they're like, all in cages as oh a kid gosh. i remember being like "Nim's evil oh um, my god so much so like Nim's yeah. evil but it's be- like one of the most memorable scenes for me as a kid though was because they undergo this they have this very it's brilliant it's a brilliant it's a brilliant scene because when their dna starts to change starts to alter from what they've been injected with they kind of have just the they kind of show the dna transforming in a really beautiful piece of animation like Mm -hmm. scary but beautiful it's like double
0: helix but it's like it doesn't start as the double helix it just starts as this like almost like a what are those things called that you look in at the through like a tube and it like you turn the kaleidoscope Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I was mm-hmm. like, Pauline, this is a terrible <laughs> description. <laughs> it's a kaleidoscope. Um, I know what you mean, but um, that's what it starts as, and then yes. it morphs into this double helix and DNA. And then you see
1: like parts of it explode or yeah. burst, and then reform. And it's their it's their Brilliant. symbolism for the changing of DNA. And as a kid, you don't get it, but you get the changes happening. As yeah. an adult, you understand it's just beautifully done. But after that scene. It's this great moment where you see the cage that Nicodemus, and Nicodemus has a very great voice. The voice actor oh. is Derek Jacobi. He's a, he's a classically changed Shakespearean You trained would know him, know him to see him. You would know him to see him, and his voice is quite great. And he just talks about how one day he looks at the writing on his cage and realizes he can understand it. He could read, and he has that statement of, we had become intelligent. And it just shows his little paw reach through, and lift up the latch, and open the cage, because that's what the sign says, to open, lift latch, and he does, and as a kid, I don't know about that scene, that scene blew my brain, (laughs) I was like, holy shit, this rat, not that I thought that, I was a child, I was like, No, there's
0: no way you were saying holy (laughs) shit!
1: Lisa's little child brain was probably like, oh my gosh, look at that rat, like, I just... The concept that this rat had become that smart and it was done. It was so quiet. Mm. The animation is so careful. His narration is simple. Yep. And I got it. I was like, oh, they have become smart. Like I got exactly what he was saying. And it blew my little kid brain. And it's how they escaped from Nim was they were smart enough to open latches and escape through like air shafts and stuff. And as a kid, I was just like, whoa.
0: Well, that is, I would like to believe that I felt the same. (laughs) And I just don't remember. (laughs) But I can honestly say that if I did feel the same, I would remember. So I, I think just need have, to yeah. accept that I didn't retain it. I didn't get it. I, yeah. I think it scared me. I actually it's do think so scary. when I yeah. rewatched this that I was like, I'm pretty sure I was scared of this movie. Like, oh, geez. yeah, like, I think that's actually one of the reasons why I didn't retain a ton mm-hmm. of it. Because it is very dark. Like, it's and I remember so dark, guys. little scenes. Like, I remember very... Like the most random. Like you're. What do you remembering, remember? Tell like me. Tell you, me. You, Lisa, just described this like the crux of the mm. rats, and there's pff, that didn't enter my head. But what I remember <laughs> is there's a discussion in one scene between the wife of the farmer and the farmer about yes. how Nim calls, um, and they're talking totally. now. She's still clear. What I will tell you, <laughs> I don't recall anything that she's saying about Nim, <laughs> about you know. Oh, you know how Pauline, guys, doesn't, doesn't listen to the things that she doesn't think are important, but oh, they give man. all the exposition that tell you the information that will be relevant <laughs> later, and then she's just confused? So that happens. So, <laughs> so yes. I'm not paying any, any attention. attention Okay, yeah, to what she's telling him. I'm busy watching these rats who've now opened one of the upper windows and are carrying like a strand of Christmas lights out. And there's yes. like, like 20 of them and they're all carrying this and they're just like across the, they're roof very, like, the roof discreet. and down the roof and sneaky mm-hmm. looking and they're rats and they're dark and you can't see them. And then they go, they like walk around and they go into the rose bush. And as they go into the rose bush, you see these like flashes of color. Cause they're like lighting up the strands. Cause obviously they're stealing the electricity. And that's the scene that I was like, yes, I remember this. I don't know its relevance or its importance. <laughs> but, but the image There's something about
1: the imagery this. in this movie, though. The imagery is very unique and very, very different.
0: Well, and they do sort of stay in your head. What I will... Scenes. Yes. Yeah. They're very um, stark images, I would mm-hmm, say. But one mm-hmm. of the things I... The numbers didn't mean anything to me when I was doing the trivia, but for anyone who really is interested in animation, um, there's trivia on this movie um, on IMDb that I used for our trivia So, but they really emphasize the sheer number of colors used. Mm. And it's like, it's like a big number, like how they describe how don bluth did the animation for this film is like nuts it's like every Mm -hmm. animator's dream and Mm -hmm. what they're describing like one character i don't remember which one let's say nicodemus but i don't recall has like like him alone had like 50 different colors i wouldn't be surprised
1: if it was nicodemus because of everything that happens with him just his design yeah so it's just very
0: they just did so many interesting different things at the time Mm -hmm. that weren't being done elsewhere so the imagery like you said that dna changing kaleidoscope scene is nuts it's It's insane and to think of the effort put
1: in and what's interesting is don bluth one of the reasons he left disney is because he thought they were getting they were cutting corners. They weren't being as innovative like with their animation, like with Snow White and the original ones where you can see the work and the care and the time. Um, and he, like, uh, he asked another animator for the the Fantasia scene where Mickey is with the brooms. The animation yeah. of water is really impressive, apparently. Apparently okay. how they animated the water is really impressive. And he, he asked another animator who had worked on the film because he'd been, a, you know, at Disney that long. And he was like, how did you guys get to do the water like how did you and he's like i don't remember and it's because they didn't write anything down they didn't pay attention. like it's like they didn't keep track of all the innovation they did and they kind of lost that knowledge in oh, some that's ways so they just... sad. And so john bluth was rather unhappy with like the 70s animation that was being done that just felt very reused flat. and flat compared to the really superior animation i've earlier so he and the other animators they wanted to try and recapture and work with and take the time to do these beautiful, innovative animations. So that's probably why Secret of Nim, mm. especially because it's their first one, it's they their first so one. much time. Yeah. And even though it didn't make as much money as they hoped, it still made money, but it was a critical success. And animators paid attention to this movie because of the work that went into it. Which, which is, is very very obvious right like <laughs> mm-hmm. when you're watching it
0: you're like oh this is very unique it's yeah. very interesting mm-hmm. I liked it because I'm like boy he sure liked mice because I'm yes. there's so much about it that reminded me of Five um American yes. Tale and Fievel Goes yeah. West obviously and but just like I'm just like the the drawing is so mm-hmm. well done like how when you're watching Mrs. Brisby walk You can see her ears and you see them moving when she's uncertain. And there's these little subtleties to the characters that are just so good. For
1: me, it's actually what I noticed rewatching it now as an adult, um, the little like those subtlety of animation you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's we've alluded to the scene where she visits the great owl. And the great owl of course has this reputation for being utterly terrifying, but being super wise. So if you take the risk to visit him, you may end up getting eaten, but (laughs) he also may give you great advice. So you know Wailed those (laughs) pros and cons. Which one do you need most? How so important Bris- is his advice? Exactly. So Mrs. Brisby, who's flown there by Jeremy, the one useful thing he does in the movie. Um, she, <laughs> she gets to the tree and the tree is epic. The tree of, if you think of a creepy, intimidating tree, <laughs> This is the epitome of a creepy. Oh, yeah. Tree. It's brilliant. And she goes into the entranceway and everything else. And she has her meet with the, the great owl. And it's so dark. And there's spider webs everywhere. And the great owl, when he appears, his head is upside down and it twists around. And his eyes actually glow. He's got this amazing voice. And she, when she sees him, so as Pauline kind of mentioned, there's a spider that squished. What's happened is when she walks into the tree and she's walking into his, like, his nest. Den, whatever you want lair. to call it, lair. She's walking through and you see spider web wisps and then you see this ugly, disgusting spider. Massive, that's huge. Struck a spider that will eat
0: a mo- mouse. Like, like
1: it's think of, It's the equivalent of Frodo and Shelob in Lord of the Rings. That giant uh, spider that attacks Frodo. That's the I size
0: ratio. Love me a good Lord of the Rings yeah. reference. Anytime
1: I can, guys. Anytime I can. So think that's the size ratio if you know that film. So she doesn't know it's following her. As a kid, you're like, oh my god, 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 because you're just yeah. seeing this spider slowly coming out of nowhere, closer. and it's like ugh, its fangs
0: are dripping, and yes, venom, it's got like and it's and, got a million and, eyes, ugh. it is hairy, it's, it's the
1: ugliest spider you've ever seen, and all of a sudden, just as it's about to reach Mrs. Brisby, this. Talon foot comes and squashes it like oozing green. And it's squash. so
0: gross. Oh, yeah. It's so creepy.
1: And Ew, Miss, your oozing Mrs. just gave me chills. <laughs> I really want to pick create a picture. They get it. Kind of they get yeah. it. It's gross. So, so it's Mrs. Brisby flips around because she sees it. And then she looks up and she sees the great owl flip his head and look right at her and start talking. And what throughout the scene as she's talking to him, she is terrified and you can see it because they've animated her breathing so you know oh. how fast a mouse will breathe especially when it's scared right like if you've ever seen videos of it if you've ever seen a mouse person like they they have fast moving heartbeats but when they're scared their chest moves in fact she they change the rhythm of her breathing depending how scared she is so when she stands up and is looking at him she's a little scared But when he gets closer or when he, you know, says something in a more angry tone, she A, rears back to get out of his reach and her heartbeat just accelerates and her chest goes up and down more because she's scared, but she's trying not to show it. And they do that a lot to the movie because poor Mrs. Brisby is scared a lot. She's scared
0: so much. Like the poor
1: thing. The poor thing. But this is why she's an amazing protagonist because she's a single mom who no matter the danger is going to protect her kids. If that means meeting a giant owl who's potentially going to eat her, fine. If that means meeting rats who are potentially going to kill her fine she's doing all this facing that her means flying on a crow with afraid, afraid of
0: height and the crow is not the most reliable
1: no. of crows <laughs> she's gonna do it and she's gonna do it anyways and so that animation of just seeing her breath I know, like I as an adult brilliant.
0: I was like oh my God, the amount of effort in this film they did is insane.
1: A great Is job. insane. Oh it's, man.
0: And obviously, all of that was not appreciated by us as children. No, as children, definitely we just as an knew adult. Like an, I just knew it was intense. I was like, yeah. this movie's great. <laughs> and I was like, I'm scared of this movie. I am not going to pay attention unless but Jeremy's on Jeremy's
1: the screen. Jeremy's hilarious.
0: I love Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. And the kids are great.
1: <laughs> the kids are great. Her the children ch- who aren't unconscious.
0: <laughs> are are like hilarious. With pneumonia They're hilarious. Are the best. <laughs> All three of her other kids are so great. You know what? I think I also had a hard time with as a kid mm. with this one, though, is knowing who is good and who's bad. And oh, it's because yes. she doesn't know who's good and who's bad. Yeah. And the ones who end up being the scariest looking are often good. And like yes, Nicodemus yes. is terrifying looking he's a he's a little (laughs) frail old old. man with really long nails and his hands have like moles and yeah yeah, but like protruding like and like he's got this weird beard and he can't really see and his glowing eyes he's it's very dark around him so it's i remember being like is he good i don't know (laughs) like normally i feel in films for kids they do a much more distinctive Mm. job of being like and this sounds bad, but all of the okay looking characters are generally good. mm -hmm. And all of the terrifying looking ones
1: are generally generally bad. And that's, and I appreciate that about this film because you're right. that the, and the the interesting thing is the great owl isn't necessarily bad or good. He's kind of, he's kind of neutral in a weird way and that's an interesting concept to like to try and teach children and the rats themselves are divided so some rats are good and some rats aren't and cluing into which one is which is you're right it's very because nicodemus looks like he shouldn't be but he ends up being and the only reason i fully trusted nicodemus was because justin did there's this other rat justin Mm. who is clearly a good person he's clearly good He's clearly good, yeah, no, and he good. follows Nicodemus, and he's good. And there's another mouse, Mr. Ages, who's sort of like the little genius field mouse who helped who's create very for Tammy. Who's very crotchety. Who's very crotchety. Who's grumpy and, and doesn't grumpy. want
0: her around. So I was also Such like, is he good? I don't know. <laughs> I totally and now as an adult, I'm like, oh, no,
1: I relate. I understand. I get it. <laughs> I totally get i totally get mr ages as a kid um well and and even auntie shrew auntie shrew comes across as very like she's quite negative she's very in their face she doesn't listen to the kids when they're talking and telling her something she sort of talks over them she has her own opinions but she risks her life to help mrs brisby
0: stop a plow (laughs) like Like her intentions are are complicated which i think is what is so for a kid when an animated film typically is like these are the good guys these are the bad guys mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. just means that there's room for confusion oh totally. so i and i and i think that that's what's so great about the story is the complication of these characters to your point lise any true you don't really like her mm-hmm. like you're you're not made to enjoy her as a character but she is a good character with good mm-hmm. intentions mm-hmm. even if you don't like her and that yes that's a very distinctive thing in any in any film but particularly in yes. an animated film for kids which i don't know if this is for kids per se but it's definitely like mm-hmm. there's in the, are 80s, watching
1: it. in the 80s any animated film was
0: basically right, yes. for children <laughs> roger rabbit was for kids and it was not for kids but we didn't know that well,
1: we watched it anyway
0: and secret go back to this
1: episode if you didn't listen guys secret of was marketed for
0: families right it really was yep so yeah i think mm-hmm. so basically all of the things that we're saying are why i don't think i retained as much of this film yep. as I, I did others because mm-hmm. i it because it was dark because the characters were complicated like even um there's one character he's only mentioned twice his name's brutus yes he's one oh of my the God. rats yes And he's terrifying he's a guard <laughs> at the door he essentially tries to kill mrs brisby multiple times as an intruder and just doing his job and He's very dark. You don't actually end up seeing his face. And then runs into Mr. Ages, who's obviously an ally, and she's all good, and she gets by Brutus. And then later, when they're having their crisis, uh, trying to move her cinder block home, and it crashes into the mud, um, Jeremy is like, not Jeremy, uh, Uh, Justin. Justin Justin is a- There's a lot of J's. (laughs) There's a lot of J's. Justin, the good rat that we know is good, was Mm -hmm. like, Brutus, throw that line over there. Yep. Like he's delegating. And so you know, Brutus is good. Like, Brutus is helping later. But at the time, I remember oh, just being like, "Yes, wait, who's this guy? And why <laughs> totally. is he being mean? And I think what was confusing too is, again, you know, we've talked about this almost every episode, but you know, when you watch a movie so many times as a kid, it's hard to discern the fluidity of like when you yes. learned things and yeah. which watch you discovered which thing. So of course. I don't remember, but I know I was confused knowing the rats. Like, I kind of were just like, okay the rats generally are good they're led mm-hmm. by a good man there's a couple of bad apples but the rats are good that was kind of like yeah the takeaway yeah but then later knowing that i know that and that they end up helping her move her house re-watching it i'm like i'm confused by brutus <laughs> totally that's a very confusing thing for as me. a
1: child brutus actually that scene was probably one of the most, most scary terrifying. one for me as a kid because totally she's wandering through the rose bush not knowing what direction to go and she stumbles upon this really beautiful almost garden area where like the roses are are blooming and it seems lovely, but all of a sudden all the roses shut up. Like they close themselves. As a kid, I was like, Do they do that? And all of a sudden, this very like, do flowers do that? Um, and this, as Pauline said, this intimidating dark, glowing-eyed rat with a giant weapon that shoots electricity electricity sparks, mm-hmm. right? Suddenly starts chasing, and she's trying to talk to him. She's like, uh, hello. Um, I was told. Are you Nicodemus? Like she doesn't know who anyone is. She was just told by the owl, "Go find Nicodemus from the rats," and she's like, "Okay." And so she's trying to talk, and props to her for even attempting oh a gosh. conversation with this thing. And he's three times her size, and he immediately starts trying to stab her with the weapon. And doesn't as a say kid, a word. Doesn't say one fucking word. Anything the whole time. And he's briefly there, and it's only when she leaves his area that he's guarding that he just stops. And as a kid, I was like. I don't like Brutus. No. Brutus, And like when she tells Mr. Ages, because Mr. Ages is like, what are you doing here? And she explains like, all right, follow me. She's like, I can't go back there. That rat, you know, you know that rat. And she's like, oh, that's just Brutus. Don't worry about it, and I'm like,
0: mm,
1: no, I, I feel like worry. we should no, worry. No, I think we should worry. This is a weaponed man who has no desire yeah. to let me go through. Yeah, he he tried to stab me multiple times. I don't yeah. think we should go that way. Can we I'm go a different good. way? Is there a different passageway? Um, Can you bring Nicodemus to me? <laughs> totally. But I no? want to see him, and I don't. want to He's quite old and frail. Okay, shit. Okay, well I guess I'll go. <laughs> I guess I will, but please don't stab me. And yeah. as Pauline mentioned, there's also like what's unique to 80s to. Bluth, I will say, is in this film, there is a sword fight, and it is an intense sword fight. So at the end of the film, spoilers, guys, Jenner, the rat who's trying to do a power move has basically maneuvered it so that when Nicodemus is overseeing the move of the house, he cuts the pulley ropes so that it fall. the apparatus falls and crushes Nicodemus. So it looks like an accident, but he's gotten rid of the one person who's sort of really in control and stopping his plan to stay there in the rose bush and be safe and have all the electricity they want, blah, 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 blah. As a kid, that scene, you're like, oh my God, someone it's noticed so what he's doing. Awful. Uh, like it's awful. And again, super intense. Like this is a deliberate, meditated murder. Murder. Yeah. And you see how conniving and clever he is because no one knows he's done it except his little right-hand buddy who's starting to get cold feet. But he's in too deep. And so, you know, that's just how it goes. And at the end he gets upset with miss bris mrs brisby telling everyone that she's overheard that nim is coming because she ended up in the farmer's house there's a whole other storyline and she's overheard them talk about that nim is coming in the morning she's like you're all gonna die unless you leave tonight i can't move my house it's stuck in the mud fine but you guys need to leave and jenner freaks out and tries to like attack her and so then justin Defense her, and the two of them have this epic sword fight, which Pauline and the trivia found out is based off the Adventures of Robin Hood, also a movie we've done. Also, go back and listen. It's called Fluently. And they've done this amazing animated action choreography Such that I was a like, Good job. Yeah. And they show blood. When Justin yeah. gets sliced, you see the cut. You totally. see the blood coming on that cut. When Jenner gets sliced in his stomach,
0: same thing and then even the right hand man when they when he um slices him across the chest you see it and jenner's sword has blood Blood on it when he turns to justin and i'm like whoa this is dark it's very intense and then
1: justin because he's a good rat he's sort of he feels he's made his point jenner's injured The fight's done. He's telling the other rats that it's time to move because, you know, he doesn't want to murder someone if he doesn't have to. He feels he's incapacitated, Jenner, but Jenner isn't actually incapacitated and Jenner at this point is so angry he doesn't care what he's doing and he goes to basically kill Justin by stabbing him in the back, by slicing him from behind. And his buddy, who got cold feet and who's turned against Jenner and who Jenner then, you know, stabbed and who's sort of lying dying in the mud, takes a dagger... And throws it so that it gets Jenner between his shoulder blades, and he falls from a great height to his death. And that is the dramatic end of Jenner. And as a kid, you're like, "Wow, the rats are serious!"
0: <laughs> like, wow, like, they really handle this... Andy with those swords and daggers, hey? <laughs> eh?
1: Like that guy who's dying in the mud and tosses a dagger at such precise oh.
0: range. Like I was like, "This guy's amazing." That guy should have been some sort of international spy.
1: Totally. Yeah. If only they'd managed to get their society to that extent, I'm sure he would have been.
0: Well, they were Um, in medieval times. They were about to just bypass (laughs) us going into the future. I mean, you'd think after like, you know, 20 years and then like suddenly they went from zero to medieval. It's like, okay, well, you guys are going to have spaceships before we will. Totally. In like another 20, we'll be having a glimpse into the future.
1: Like, it's amazing.
0: Exactly. (laughs) But it's an unreal... It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy intense it's mm-hmm. again super dark the colors are crazy vivid like when mm-hmm. so there's we haven't mentioned it yet but there's this amulet um, yes this red beautiful oh i wanted that it i'm As sure Lisa wanted yep <laughs> so there badly. it is so... lisa's the crow <laughs> um so this, it starts glowing because it, oh my it, God, it yes. glows when it's worn by someone with a courageous heart is kind of the lesson. They're very mm-hmm. rare. You don't come by them often. So Mrs. Brisby's wearing this and she's obviously breached this incredible climactic crisis. Because and- at this point, the house that her children are in
1: that, you know, fell because the poly system got cut. It's sitting in the mud. It starts to sink. They are about, her children are about to drown in mud. The cinder block is sinking and they can't pull it up in time. That's the crisis Pauline mentions.
0: <laughs> and it's like, and not to mention like, I, I, is it before the sword fight? It's after, after, the sword after the sword fight. fight. So, so what like, this movie does is this happened. movie is
1: nonstop. Shit is happening. Like this movie doesn't
0: let up once the action starts once, and no just like, it's oh like one God. crisis after another it's like constant problem solving it's oh. like oh hey guys uh okay so you're gonna move my house okay the pulley system breaks okay Nicodemus is dead okay oh, no. time to fight Jenner okay now the thing is sinking into the thing okay now we gotta use this amulet this crazy stone power <laughs> that starts glowing that like radiates up Mrs. Brisby's arms and like burns her oh, yes and like travels down the length of this rope because she touches it and then like just magically hovers this cinder block to safety and it mm-hmm. is the it's most badass So insane. It's, it just, insane it's crazy and i can't believe i retained almost none of it
1: <laughs> well and it surprised me because this is a film where as we know from the rocketeer your brain loves action yes. as a child you I as a child did. were like so long it's as action true. is happening i'm paying attention and this movie isn't nothing think, if not full of action i but think it's it was traumatizing too dark. it was yeah. that's what it was
0: i think yeah. it was it was heavy to your mm-hmm. point there's like blood in it there's mm-hmm. a premeditated murder like there's yep. a lot of very um heavy like moral
1: dilemmas going on moral dilemmas and the the understanding that experimentation on animals is a thing and yeah that means like there's so and the confusion of the complex characters where i was like who's good can someone just be good (laughs) justin 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 jeremy
0: you're got it got got it it. no problem that's it those are the only (laughs) three that i I know are good i don't even know if auntie shrew is good so (laughs) it's just this like i think it was too much for, Mm -hmm. you know, Little Kid Brain Pauline, because we were probably watching this when I was, like, three, four, maybe. Oh, totally. Because it came out before us. So, like, we owned this and had it around. I couldn't Mm -hmm. tell you what age we started watching it, but it definitely... But we were
1: little, because I remember watching it forever.
0: Yeah, it just... It was just an always an option to watch. And because yeah. all of our older siblings watched it too. Like I remember the scene where um, the crow Jeremy is talking about the sparkly. I remember yes. Trish quoting that a lot. And Trisha, Trish is 14 years older Trisha, than Trisha me. still quotes it
1: to this day. If I'm on well, the hilarious. phone with her and she's like, I've got new jewelry. She's like, look. A sparkly. She Hilarious. will still use the phrase sparkly. And I can say it to her and she'll start laughing. If That's I bring cute. up the sparkly in conversation, without a doubt, she'll
0: jump in and she'll also start laughing because she loved I, it so much. So yeah. I remember her loving that part. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's not like Trish was watching that at the age of 16 for the first time <laughs> thinking it was cool. So clearly this was like around. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just like on TV in the background. And I mm-hmm. was just exposed to it at yep. the age of three. We just watched it around four, five, six, seven. We kept it going. And um, it was just too much for my brain. That's exactly. all. That's, that is the only conclusion I can come to. Is Which that it's like, makes it's... perfect sense. And it's funny because
1: I don't think you're alone in retaining little of the film because one of my friends, um, when she found out that we were going to be rewatching this one, she has a daughter who's almost five. And she's like, oh, now that you've rewatched it, do you think my daughter would, would watch it? And I was like, no. <laughs> she's like I think she'd be good watching it I was like no Mm -hmm. absolutely not And I was like this is why and I then listed you know the great I'm like you know there's experimentation on animals there's you know this happening there's the rats there's the sword fight there's everything and she's like not to mention the great owl and her response was
0: oh I forgot about the owl (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because I I remembered the owl, <laughs> but like I didn't remember the specifics of the owl. Awesome. If that makes sense, I didn't remember a lot. I um. I was actually going to say, what do what stood out as something you did remember? <sighs> oh, Jeremy, mm. like just generally, I remember him getting stuck in the string, and she has to help him. Um, and but I didn't remember a lot about. I remember him wanting the sparkly. <laughs> I I remember <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I remember him. Like I said, like. Getting tied up by the kids, but I was even wrong in the trivia. So he, he doesn't get tied up by the kids, he gets tied up by Auntie Shrew. Auntie Shrew, yeah. Because and then, then the she's kids, suspicious. She thinks he's, why he's wouldn't, working with the rats. Yeah, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then I love one of the things that I love the most is, is the, the son, Martin, is hilarious. Yes. Martin it's funny cause, is amazing. So Auntie Shrew pieces out with the kids uh, just standing near this crow and as soon as she leaves he's like well guess we better on time <laughs> i love it <laughs> martin and oh.
1: his utter dislike of auntie shrew and like the faces he makes when she shows up it'll be in the quotes some of the quotes i'm sure there's we won't say all of them but oh my god i love his interactions and yeah. i love his poor older sister trying to be like martin like yeah come on we have to behave ourselves our mom's not around we have to be nice to auntie shrew and martin just no no he's nope. like i'm not being nice
0: to that cranky old lady and again i think it was why i was like do we like her i don't know if I we know. do martin doesn't like her but the that, is that sister, any indication?
1: she does so no. yeah totally totally awesome.
0: so so like i don't so that's mm-hmm. what I, I guess what i mean is like everything is vague yes like, i remember there's an owl but until <laughs> it's actually happening in front of me i didn't remember yeah. how that exchange like like I remember them moving the house but I really don't understand like the mechanics and the circumstances mm-hmm. surrounding it so like I'm surprised at how little I actually remember about this mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in general like, gen- oh, like sure. yeah overall so I think it's really interesting like you can pinpoint very distinctive scenes for yourself mm-hmm. and I literally <laughs> I got like, the rats with the lights on the roof <laughs> going into the rose bush and then I got Jeremy with string, just generally yeah. with string so that he is he's usually with string he's always with string sense. he's trying so, to do a love nest so yeah like and and even like you know when we talk about like oh the memorable scenes, I'm like I <laughs> what memorable scenes so why don't we why don't we what what was the another memorable scene for lisa oh my god lisa had
1: so many memorable scenes okay for well this that's film. good
0: so um like wait just, before i'm just yeah. gonna one thing that i do remember Ooh, what yes was when they're talking about like the plow is coming the plow is coming oh my god yeah the panic the panic and it's the panic going through all of the little you know earthbound animals and all the rabbits are poking their heads up Yes, and they all start thumping the ground as a warning Mm -hmm. to all of the little gophers and shit that are underneath I as soon as I saw the rabbit's heads poking up I'm like oh my gosh this is when they start thumping the ground and I remember (laughs) for some reason I remember that because I remember thinking that was so cool that they all work together and all help each other and everyone's Mm -hmm. like you know running from the plow together anyway that's the only other thing I have written down as a scene i remember um,
1: to be fair this whole movie really stuck in my head there is something about this film that i latched on to so much as a kid the scenes are very vivid in my head i loved them i think i loved mrs brisby so much because she was just an ordinary mom who did such extraordinary things to look after her kids and as a child i was like this mom's the greatest mom alive and then i was like um, my mom would do that <laughs> totally my mom would also go to these adventures
0: That's i know
1: she would um But I mean, like the big ones, we've like Great Owl was such a big one. The first time Mrs. Brisby enters the rosebush was a big one. Uh, The plow scene itself was really intense because I never thought as a child, I never considered what a plow would do to burrows of animals. And (laughs) as a kid, I was like, so farming's evil? You're just like, oh my God, these poor animals. (laughs) So is that my takeaway? (laughs) farming's evil farming's evil so are humans who
0: experiment on animals and that was true
1: true. yeah Yeah. totally so it's just it's interesting and then i remembered one that actually is very vivid so and we haven't talked about this scene is that in or whenever the rats have to do like a big late night Mm. endeavor they have to drug the farmer's cat dragon and dragon what i love about bluth is how he animates cats because he loves mice so much the cats are terrifying the cats do not look like adorable, soft little kitties. No. Nope. They literally look like monsters. They're furry monsters. Like this monsters. cat named
0: Dragon? <laughs> looks, <laughs> looks like a, a dragon.
1: Looks more like a dragon than like a fucking cat. <laughs> totally. And his growl and his meow because- his And as, as a kid, oh. I didn't get it, but at, at a mouse level, a cat's meow would be shockingly loud and would sound way worse than it does to a, a human. When we hear a meow, we're like, oh, adorable. But to a mouse, you're like, oh my God. So- It's the sound of death. It's a sound of death run. Um, and so, what they do is they would have a volunteer go and drug the food that the cat eats. There's like a small window of opportunity when the farmer's wife lets the cat in after putting the food in the food dish for a little rodent to go running, dump the drugs, and run back. And that's actually how Mrs. Brisby's husband died. He did that attempt and got caught, and he got killed. And she volunteers. To drug the cats so that they will be okay to create their pulley system and move the house with the cat, you know, realizing and trying and attacking them. And she ends up, she successfully drugs it. I felt so bad for her. She's panicked. She's breathing hard. She races. She jumps the drug. She runs back. And the farmer's kid puts a colander over top and catches her. And then puts her in an old cage that's hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> I'm sure I'm it's like, a bird I cage. feel like this is a bird cage. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, put mm. in the bird cage and she has to escape. And that scene where she figures out how to oh. escape from this bird cage was amazing. It's stuck in my head because it's when um, the farmer gets a call late at night from Nim saying they're going to come the next morning, get rid of the rats. And he's, you know, grateful and he doesn't have to pay anything and he wants the rats gone. And she knows she has to warn them. So she has to get out of the cage and how she comes up with it. And Mrs. Brisby has not had the magic drugs given by humans. She's supposed to be just like a mouse um, who doesn't have the high intelligence that the rats do. Her way of getting out of the bird cage is so clever.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: so clever, and as a it's kid, so I just was in awe of her figuring it out.
0: And I had forgotten about that scene until oh, yeah. until she gets caught, and then I was like, "Oh, she gets put in the cage. This is such yes. a good scene." And it is, it's brilliant it's, it's so clever so it's so well done it's very it is. intense it's very like will she won't she I don't know and like it's... will she get out will she be
1: okay how does she yeah. get once you know how does she get down <laughs> like, yeah. you're just like oh my god all the things and she does it and as a child I was just like this mouse is amazing and then she goes to warn the rats and that scene really stuck in my head too I mean all the scenes we yeah. talked about I just I genuinely was caught up in this film was caught up in the animation with very it's not a Disney film it doesn't feel like a Disney film no it feels like its own and I think this was probably one of the first films I saw that wasn't a Disney animated film right and that had its own feel and different world and different animation style and I think I really latched on to this one mm. I, I, I thought it was great as a kid yeah. um Anything else you want to add before we shift to the next uh, no. set of questions? No, I think I think I covered all three of the points <laughs> that I had about the fact what that I you remembered. Remembered nothing. Got it. Nothing. Um, okay, so. Then, Pauline, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? And before you say yes or no, could you remind our listeners how you pass the Bechdel test?
0: Yes. Uh, well, I would say that this podcast passes the Bechdel test. Uh, <laughs> it does if, indeed. If anyone yeah. needs an, an example, right here, right now, it's two named females. I'm Pauline. That's Lisa. <laughs> done who talk to each other we are currently Mm -hmm. doing that right yes yes we are about something other than a man and we talk about movies whole
1: time we've been talking about a film so
0: we pass with flying colors. so flying colors every single week we pass (laughs) gold star for us um so uh what's interesting about the bechdel test is it it generally the point of it is to is to really showcase how rare it is to have two female named characters talk to each other about something that isn't a man in most movies. Mm-hmm. So it's a low bar and some movies pass it quite well and others not so much. This one does pass it. Yes. We've got Auntie Shrew and we've got Mrs. Brisby and they're talking quite a lot about moving the house, mm-hmm. right? What they need to do, how to help, what to do about the plow. Frick. Uh, frick. Who am I kidding? (laughs) Fuck. Auntie Shrew jumps up with Mrs. Brisby to like dismantle the plow together. Yes. Yeah. It's insane. And then like she's talking to her about like how to get what she's got to do to get her Family to safety. It's crazy. So, and you also have the two named daughters who yes. talk with Cynthia Auntie Shrew as well, too. Cynthia. And, and I
1: forget. Oh, what's the name of the oldest girl? It'll I come to me in Teresa? a second. Teresa. Yeah. Teresa's the oldest and Cynthia's the littlest adorable <gasps> She's so cute. She's, she's got this so little bow on her. Cute. Oh,
0: my gosh. She's oh, Auntie Shrew. Auntie
1: Shrew. Timmy's, Timmy's sick. sick. Oh, she's, so cute. Okay. she's um, so cute. But yeah, they talk about all kinds of things as well, too. I was so happy. Yeah, it passes. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, it is Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. So Pauline, um, is there anything in this film that you would think of as, I know offensive is usually the word we use, but it's it's very strong, but anything that hasn't aged well, or that would be, you know, inappropriate nowadays, anything in um, this movie?
0: Well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say there's anything offensive, not that mm. I clocked anyway. Mm. Um, I, I would say it's aged well, I would, I would say... It's aged in a way that doesn't make it as as quote unquote kid friendly as mm-hmm. back in the day we we kind of thought it was. <laughs> it really isn't. It's like it isn't. It isn't. It's so dark and the concepts are so complicated and convoluted that like mm-hmm. I mean, if your kid is is a kid, to be honest, if your kid's kind of like how how we were where we watched like adult movies and lots mm-hmm. of movies in general that were not age appropriate this would be fine mm-hmm. um but if you're if you have a five-year-old daughter who loves dora the explorer there may be um
1: a yep. gap a it's gap not gonna it's
0: not gonna get met um, no
1: not at all with well,
0: exposure and...
1: And you know your kids best. And if your kid's a bit older and does like, you know, can handle more complex stories or are okay with sort of a bit more dark like, imagery. Like i more like That's 10. Cool. Yeah, ten. totally. Once you hit double digits, maybe nine, you know, depending yeah. on your kid. But young children, this is pretty intense. And it's, as Pauline said, it's a style of animation they don't do anymore. This is very of the 80s. You don't make movies like this. No. Anymore for children. It might be made for adults. <laughs> because yeah. now we have that distinction of adult animation and children's animation and stuff um but yeah just to be aware we did i did warn in the trivia so hopefully you guys listened that this one it's a good thing intense. you did that because i did yeah. not
0: do that and that was because i remembered
1: good and it's it's very intense and so hopefully those of you with young children you know watched it first to see um and those of you who haven't seen it yet From what we've described, if it sounds too intense for your kids, you know that too. But yeah, I agree with you. I didn't clock anything offensive, but this is definitely from a period of animation that is quite unique to the 80s. Like it it just, it hasn't been done again.
0: No, (laughs) it It hasn't been done since, and it probably hasn't been done for a reason, I would say. Now that you've got Um, like Frozen. And I would even say, (laughs) but I I would even say the, the animated films that Don Bluth did in the 90s were much lighter. yeah too like Thumbelina yes. I feel like I remember more of that and like Thumbelina was um, definitely lighter yeah Rockadoodle Rockadoodle doo that was it called Rockadoodle
1: which was a flop for a reason um yeah right. it was lighter too the, his darker ones tended to be his first couple of ones this one an American Tale land before time and um and all dogs go to heaven are probably his darkest
0: ones and his best ones and his
1: best ones and that says something very interesting about it but again It's kind of like the Black Cauldron that Disney did. Disney went through, like, tried the dark animation, too, because that was what was becoming popular for a brief time in the 80s. They tried it with Black Cauldron. It didn't work for them. But if you've seen that movie, that's what you're thinking of when you think of
0: dark animation. You're thinking the Horned King and and the Army of the
1: Dead. This gets creepy. Um, And so just to be aware that that's what this film is. Yeah. Okay. So with all that being said, and with you now having new (laughs) memories of the film, Pauline, you actually retain the plot and everything else. Mm -hmm. Does this movie hold up? Do you recommend
0: it? If you do, who to? And what would you rate it out of 10? Oh, oh man, it's uh, okay. You know, it's funny. I don't know what to say, but I knew the question was coming. It's not like this is like a surprise interview.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have not just sprung this on you. I right don't go, oh, would know. Be a good question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Great question, Lise. Thanks for uh, take a beat to think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you think. But it's I. It's because I. It. I feel like I'm coming at it with such a unique perspective that I don't <laughs> actually know what my rating is for this. Because I'm like, I think I enjoyed it as an adult, but like. But do I, would I have enjoyed it more had I not seen it prior and didn't have the memories of like, oh, this is dark? Or did I like it more? Like, I really, I don't know. So Mm. what I would say is I would recommend this movie if you watched it as a kid, whether you remember it or not. Because (laughs) I will say I did enjoy watching it as an adult. Mm. Oh, right, 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 right. So all of the, you know, people who watched it as kids and now are grown up, who are like, right, I forgot about the owl, or I forgot about mm-hmm. that thing, or whatever. It's like, good, now you can try watching it, because it actually is, it is good. It will obviously be uh, more than you remember, so that's always mm-hmm. nice, that's refreshing. You might be surprised by what you do remember, or what comes up. Um, I didn't realize how little of this movie I remembered, and I think because it was so dark, so it's kind of interesting just to mm-hmm. rewatch. Mm-hmm. But, having said that, watching it like now in present day I think it is a good film I Mm -hmm. I just don't know who I would recommend it to like and it's a very niche it's almost like Mm -hmm. anyone I'd recommend it to has probably already seen it or knows Mm -hmm. of it do you know what I mean like they're not Mm -hmm. waiting for my recommendation but like (laughs) yeah like I wouldn't recommend it for young kids but I would say like like a preteen would probably Mm -hmm. enjoy it if they like animated films, but it's kind of more adult and more grown up, but I don't know kids today. So maybe not. (laughs) So I don't really know. Would I recommend it? Sure. Who? I don't know. You decide. (laughs) You make the call. Lisa will have a better suggestion when she goes. Um, I'm going to give it a rating out of 10. That that is from my experience. When I just recently rewatched it with almost no memory of what's going to happen. I'd say the character development is very good. The plot is interesting and quite unique. The animation is beautiful. So if you mm. actually just are interested in watching, and especially nowadays when we do have the very different style now and so much computer-generated animation mm. and, and just very bright colors, it's kind of nice watching one that is is a shift. So I would say if, if any of that interests you or piques your interest, you might enjoy it. But I did, and I'm going to give it a 7. A 7 nice. out of 10 very
1: nice yes lisa i like it um so this movie held up completely it remember i remembered all of it it was everything i expected i appreciated it more as an adult i am a huge fan of animation i love animated films of a wide range the animation in this film as pauline said it is beautiful it is unique the colors alone are great the the detail the unique art style that's that's just for Don Bluth like how he chooses to draw mice how he chooses to draw cats like all of that this is his style and I appreciate the hell out of it I loved it I love this is what other children's films star a single mom as the hero protagonist Mm. I love that she's the main character I love the adversity she goes through I love that it's all for who she loves most in the world, no matter how scared she is. I love how brave this mouse is. I love this movie. So for me, it held up spectacularly and it just made me happy to watch it from start to finish. I enjoyed every minute. I loved noticing new things that I didn't pick up on as a kid. Um, Who I would recommend it to. I'm with Pauline. I love it to pieces, but again, either you saw it as a kid, rewatch it, enjoy it. See if you still love it. Understand it's going to be dark. Um, Or you're an animation person like me, in which case you've most likely heard of it or seen it. If you haven't yet watched it for some reason, watch it. Check it out. This is, in my opinion, Don Bluth's best film. Mm. If you want to see him at his peak, you're going to see it with The Secret of Nim. And it's wonderful for that reason. If you have small children, no, avoid this movie. Don't watch this movie. You'll scar them for life, most likely. They're not prepared for this kind of dark film. Um, if you have older kids who love animation, like our nephew who loves all kinds of animation, I would recommend it for them. And if it just sounds interesting for you, if you're an adult who loves animation, give it a try. Um, other than that, no, for the wide general public, I just genuinely don't know how many people would be like, "Yes, I do love this film." You know, it'd <laughs> um, be interesting
0: to find out. But it would just be interesting
1: to know who cause...
0: did watch it and if mm-hmm. they enjoyed it. Like, I'd love to totally. back on this one I... only because i yeah, really want to know i don't yeah. know like i je- i'm like i i don't know if you i want someone who's not an animation buff someone who like mm-hmm. didn't watch it to watch it and you tell me if it's a good movie
1: because i totally know. fair enough uh, and i totally get that for me this movie gets an eight out of ten though because i i love it i'm surprised this it's not a nine why it's really close to being a nine <laughs> you, you should know? give it an 8.5 all right 8. we'll 5, give it an 8.5 please. 8.5 i go with I your do... heart you know all right, my heart is saying eight point five, and I, I just love this movie to pieces. This is a great film. So there we go. Those are our takeaways. Let's jump in then. Pauline quotes. What quotes do you have for this film? What's one that you heard and just got super excited for? I'm
0: gonna go. Okay, so this is Jeremy and Mrs. Brisby. So <laughs> you can imagine most of my quotes are probably gonna have. Jeremy. I figure I'll let you have the Jeremy ones, and I'll do some of the others. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good because you will definitely have more. But mm-hmm. um, so. Jeremy and Mrs. Brisby have met and she's encountered him. He's tangled in some string and she's helping him get off this log because he always needs help in this movie and he's not helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he's talking about how he wants to build um, a nest, Mm -hmm. a love nest. And, um, oh, this is after, oh shoot. Okay. Sorry, everyone. So this is actually (laughs) after that encounter. Another time that he's tangled up in string, she's walking away. He is, unintentionally helped her by rescuing an envelope out of the river and Mm -hmm. giving it to her. And she's very excited and she's like, thanks so much. And she's got to leave. And he's just tagging along with her. Anyway, he follows her down and essentially crashes and lands on top of her at one point. And then he says, none of the girls I meet want to get serious. And Mrs. Frisbee says, I doubt they'd survive. (laughs) And I did not understand most of the comments that she oh. makes towards jeremy in this movie at all she makes so many good comments and him. how he is not helpful one bit and she's always trying to like she's always like thank you and very politely like mm-hmm. trying to occupy his time or distract him and mm-hmm. i never understood that's what she was doing yeah so this is one of the many quotes that i have from her and him exchanged mm-hmm. that i really appreciate her um her kindness in also telling him to go away but like not do you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah okay she does that a lot it's what's one of yours um
1: one of my favorites is actually an exchange between uh auntie shrew and martin and it's when auntie shrew is first introduced and she's coming to their house and mrs brisby isn't there because she's gone to get medicine for timmy and Teresa and cynthia are trying to tell her and cynthia's like timmy's sick and Auntie Shrew is basically not listening. She's sort of talking over them. And Martin's had enough, and he starts talking too, and she's trying to tell him to, like, you know, stop it. She's trying to listen to Teresa because she's finally clued in. And she go, and she finally goes, Will you hush up? He's like, Oh, you hush up. And she's <laughs> like, precocious monster, bossy bullfrog, spoiled brat, mouth and then she's like, Oh. <laughs> and she leaves she's so insulted but i love the exchange between them as they get angrier and i just love that loud mouth is the thing that sets her off because she's totally. probably heard it a bunch because
0: she is because she's a loud, a loud mouth. mouth but
1: i just love that he just
0: looks at her and he's just like loud mouth and she's like oh i know it's great it's a really good exchange she's so dramatic she's so dramatic and i always liked martin Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's why i was never sure if i liked auntie shrew (laughs) okay so one of the ones that i have written down um, is when we mentioned uh so mrs brisby is on her way to see the great owl and she's Mm -hmm. afraid of heights she's mentioned this earlier in the film Mm -hmm. and She's flying on Jeremy, the crow, who's not the most reliable uh, (laughs) friend. And she says, as you see them kind of coming onto the screen, I can't believe I let you talk me into this. And he says, don't mention it. (laughs) He's so oblivious to her panic. He's so so oblivious. But he's also oblivious to like, he thinks he's being more helpful all the time. And he isn't. And anyway, Mm -hmm. it's just, Mm -hmm. I really like, don't mention it. I wish I could go about my life.
1: Being that oblivious, being that oblivious and happy, like Jeremy is just happy all the time. It's great, yeah, that'd be a great life to live, right? Um, one that I have is actually uh between uh Justin and Jenner, the villain, and it's when Justin, uh, Mr. Ages, there's like a, a a it's almost like their parliament is in session, I guess, would be the equivalent of yeah, what's happening. I think that's a great... I, and, I, that's true. and Mr. Ages is bringing Mrs. Brisby, and they've run into Justin's. They're all going, and Mr. Ages wants to like, snoop outside the door. And Justin's like, oh, come in, you suspicious old goat. And it interrupts what Jenner has been saying. And Jenner turns and sees them and goes, oh, we were just talking about you. And Justin's response is, that's refreshing, Jenner. Usually you're screaming about us. <laughs> that was a good
0: line. I did And like they that have one. that...
1: I think they really did base these two characters off of Errol Flynn and Guy of and um, Guy of Gisborne in *Adventures of Robin Hood*, because that sort of—they don't say very much, but when they do, it sounds like their dialogue from totally. *Adventures of Robin Hood*. But I love totally. that. yeah. You speak
0: treason fluently. Um, there you All have right, it, everyone.
1: Yeah there go back and listen to that episode it's great all right what's a another episode. quote from you Pauline?
0: um okay so i really would like to have one that's not jeremy but i really <laughs> didn't write any of them down um so there's one that i started really laughing about mm-hmm. when it came on and i'm gonna butcher the context like i've already done earlier <laughs> so that's fine <laughs> but what it is is mrs brisby is telling jeremy that he's gonna watch the kids like that's gonna be the most helpful right so he so she's like just watch the kids and he doesn't even know where she lives that's a funny exchange in and of itself he's like where do you live after they've already decided it it's great (laughs) but he's he's on his way to go do that but what he says is he's like kids i love kids and he's always uses everything as like women women love men who love kids right yeah like his goal his in the entire film is to that get he a wants mate, a mate. He, he wants to. a mate, that's what he wants. <laughs> and he's like, "I love kids and kids love me. Kids love me and I love kids." And he starts walking away, and I don't remember what happens to interrupt <laughs> the song. It's because he's, um, he's
1: in disguise, as he says it. He's yes! stolen a piece Shit. of laundry. <laughs> he's stolen a piece of laundry. And he's in the sleeve of a like, <sighs> nightshirt.
0: A frilly nightshirt.
1: And his head is poking out of the sleeve. And he's like, shh, I'm in disguise. Because oh, he doesn't so want funny. the cat to see him. And so when he's leaving, doing his random song of a boop, boop. I love boo, kids and kids um, love me. He passes the cat and then it's all set to sneeze because he's allergic to cats, <laughs> which of is course. also hilarious. And the cat is asleep, but stretches and puts its paws on top of the piece of shirt. So then Jeremy's trapped. <laughs> and so then Jeremy is going to sneeze, though. So he does. But the sneeze is captured inside the sleeve. And it basically, in cartoon fashion, pops him out like it's an air gun. And he goes flying. And that's what interrupts his song. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. That's what interrupts it. Is- it.
0: It's a great funny. scene. And it's so funny. <laughs> Gosh, it's funny. But we Jeremy say, is
1: genuinely. We would say that all the time. We would I say love that Kiss. line Kiss all love the me. time.
0: Yeah. And we do the song, oh. and we had little hand gestures yep. with bent elbows. A dance. Yep, yeah, we do it. Yeah, sure. It was all in there. Yeah, yep. Completely. Okay. Completely there. I'm with you. Okay.
1: Um, All right. I'll do one that isn't a Jeremy one again. Uh, I'll do. So again, it's an exchange between Justin and Jenner is when they're doing their sword fight and it's dramatic. This is a dramatic line where they're, they're fighting and, and, and Justin is clued in that Jenner was the one who killed Nicodemus. He's like, you're the one who did it. That was no accident. He's like, yes. He's like, I've learned this much. Take what you can, when you can. And Justin's response is, then you've learned nothing. And then they get back into their sword fight. And as a kid, I was like, Oh, (laughs) This is, this is getting intense. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Ooh,
0: good one, Justin. Good one, Justin. Yeah.
1: He's learned He's nothing. He's learned nothing. He's retained his rattiness and has not been elevated above that animal nature. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your, let's do okay. one more each. What's your one? What's your more final one? One. Yeah, okay. one more Jeremy one. So... Yeah, one more Jeremy. It's hard to pick, but do it
0: um so it's the scene is the for what this episode is named after (laughs) so uh, we've already mentioned jeremy who loves kids and kids love him has now (laughs) gone off to the house to go watch the kids and you it just pans to the scene where he's tied up, like completely intentionally tied up and entangled and wrapped in string. And Auntie Shrew has tied him up and is explaining to him why she's tied him up and she doesn't trust him and he's with the rats and she ties up his beak and everything and then leaves and the kids are just standing there watching and Martin obviously unties him. And Martin's explaining why he's untying. He's like, mom said she helped a crow in the field and this could be that crow and all of these things, right? So he's trying to get out information. And the youngest daughter, Cynthia, is, she thinks that he's a turkey, not a crow, because she's very little. So after he's been partially unwrapped, his legs are still tied together and he can't stand. So he's like, get the legs, get the legs. And they don't do it in time and he comes crashing down. And Cynthia's like, oh, the poor turkey fell down. <laughs> Jerry gets up and he's like, I'm not a turkey. <laughs> and then proceeds <persists laughs> to have the rest of the conversation. Oh, where he's trying to prevent Martin from going hunting after his mother. Yes. Uh, yes. But while tied up and he can't do anything about it. Yeah. And we would say yes. that line all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. I retained nothing else about this movie except the four lines that are from Jeremy <laughs> that we just repeated over and over again. Oh anyway. my God. Well, and we'll
1: finish with one more Jeremy line. Cause again, we have to go all the way with the lines that we quoted the most and they were always Jeremy lines. And it's when, after he's managed to escape from that, that has just described, <laughs> Mrs. Brisby is leaving the rats and she's walking along the water and she sees this lily pad moving and it's Jeremy, with this little like reed pipe to breathe. And she's like, and he bumps into her and he's like, oh, excuse me, pardon me. And she's like, Jeremy. And he's like, shh, I'm in disguise. And she's like, what? And he's like, the lady with the hat. <laughs> this is his way of describing this is Auntie Shrew is the lady with the hat. She's after me. And she's like, what are you doing here? And then he spots her necklace. And he goes, oh, a sparkly. I've always wanted a sparkly of my very own. <laughs> And, and he loses it. And we and he re- we repeats the sparkly one a bunch of times. He's hinting that he wants it. He tries to get Mrs. brisby to give it to him at the end of the movie, and she's like, I gave it to Justin. He's like, Justin! Justin who who the, the heck is Justin? Because so <laughs> in his mind, she knows him better, and he by rights should have gotten the sparkly. But, anyways, we as children thought it was hilarious how obsessed he was with the sparkly, because as a kid, you're just like, he's so silly. But as an adult, you're like, Oh, of course he's a crow. It's a sparkly object. Of course, his eyes sort of go up and get weird. It's like he's hypnotized by it. And we just thought it was the funniest thing. So funny. Mrs. B, I gotta have the sparkly. I just gotta have the sparkly. It's Um, so good. And I think the humor landed more because of how dark the film was. His humor was a welcome Moment of oh hilarious! Okay, back to sword fights. Oh, totally. hilarious! It's Jeremy again. <laughs> totally, like, oh, what God. a relief! Yeah, thank God. As soon as this guy's on screen, something funny's gonna happen. We're gonna be okay. Um, so that's why we retained those and quoted them way more because he's very goofy, he's very silly. So there you go. But there we are, everyone. That is the secret of Nim. Great pick, Pauline. Our thank first you. First Don Bluth animated film, not the last. We certainly watched as many of those as we could, but awesome this was fun to rewatch. um Agreed. as we said um let us know if you've rewatched it if this oh, is I'd one love you saw yep. if this is one you've never seen and you watch it please let us know we are on twitter we're on instagram at real window if you want to give us a longer message you can also send us an email we're real.window at gmail.com we would love to get that and find out in the depth what you thought of this film or any other film that you loved as a kid or misunderstood as a kid that always makes us happy uh until next week when it's going to be my turn to pick a movie a trivia sode. I do have one in mind this is going to be very interesting um but yeah so join us on Friday when we play another round of trivia Sode, and Pauline gets to guess what our mystery film is going to be uh until then have an awesome rest of your day guys